Right on, right on, right on. Welcome, Twin. Good to see you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. I'm going to give a, a special announcement at the beginning of this, which uh, <laughs> if you saw the topic, you might be shocked that this is on right on radio. And I'm going to explain that in just a moment as some more people get on here. Hey, do me a favor. Uh, post the shares of this broadcast get them out there. I have not, I just literally got home in time uh, to start this uh, broadcast. So I'm just sharing it now, but if you guys can share it on your social media, uh, get it out there, man. I would certainly appreciate it. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a very different show and the military analyst will be joining us very shortly. Of course, Uh, Wednesday, we always do the military analyst shows and, uh, and by the way, I'm really pleased that, uh, you know, when uh, when I picked him up, he was only doing David Zublick's show, and uh, you know, he wasn't doing it as often uh, as he was prior, and now since coming on right on radio, he's been discovered by a number of other podcasts, and he's really getting out uh, around the world, and, uh, and you know, this is kind of his wish. Um, he's, you know, he's not in the best of health. He's disabled he can't use one of his arms you know he really has paid a price uh in his military service uh in different things and so you know i just want to celebrate uh chris wilson the military analyst of course chris wilson is not his real name that is a name that he everyday life just as uh as a cover because we cannot uh let this uh you know we he's in danger folks uh, that that's the best way to put it. So now that we have some more people coming on, and thank you getting those shares out. I just want to make a couple quick announcements before I bring the military analyst on. Uh, the first one is I want to thank each and every one of you who has given gifts this month. Uh, the way Podbean, and you can look it up, I'm not making this up, the way Podbean operates in their live broadcasts, uh, they operate, they, they rank broadcasts by the amount of gifts you get, uh, by the amount of um, chat there is and that brings up the algorithms and stuff like that but you have to achieve at least 22,000 pod points to kind of get into the next tier where they don't limit the amount of people that come on your broadcast and different things like that and you know so last month uh, in February we did not make enough uh, pod points and you know listen I hate asking for gifts but you know it's part of the thing. Uh, it doesn't equate to a lot of money, uh, of course, but it does keep us up there. But this month in March, we have achieved the 22,000 points. And I'm going to be honoring on the next show, I will be announcing the winner. Uh, if the winner is not present, that's okay. We will get the word out and, uh, and get that uh, person a substantial prize. So just as before we bring on uh, Chris, and thank you for those flowers. Thank you. Uh, just before we bring on Chris, just a quick little introduction to Flat Earth, and thank you for those thumbs up. Uh, as you guys know, if you've been following right on radio, we are a faith-based broadcast. We believe the 66 books of the Bibles. These are my beliefs, uh, but we allow other opinions to come on here. Uh, but I have always, uh, after doing one or two shows on flat earth, I have not allowed it. And I have not even allowed it in posts on our telegram. The reason being, and I've stated this publicly before that I have always thought that flat earth 
was to make us look crazy when we go to tell people about, you know, the pedophiles and, you know, these other, all these other truths that we get out. And then we say the earth is flat and then we lose all credibility. And that's why I've always steered away from that. Now I will say to you that I do believe the earth is round and I believe I can prove it. I believe I can prove it through science. I believe I can prove it through experience. I have many, many things. However, this is the caveat, and this is why, you know, uh, because I, I told Chris before, we, I don't do flat earth, but I, I've conceded this time because I've come on to some new knowledge, and it's sacred knowledge, and that combined with some of the things that Jesse and Cisco have told me in private, um, I believe that there is... Uh, well, I believe that there's a reason why the flat earth theories are out there. And I have developed a theory that actually would probably satisfy the flat earthers and the round earthers, because I think there's truth in both stories. And I will present my evidence whenever we finish uh, this entire thing. And then it's up to you to decide. Look, I don't you know, this is live right in the real world. By the way, I wanted to slip in live right in the real round world, but live right in the real world will expose the real world to you. You decide how to live right. Now, having said that, there I've looked through these beautiful essays and they are posted up on Right On You. Right On You, that's right on with the letter U.com. Uh, that's where we host all of these files. The essays we're going to be doing today are already posted up there. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't have time to send out an email, but they are up there. You can follow along on the essays and look at the, the stunning pictures, actually, and diagrams and maps and things like that. And I also threw up three other uh, documents into a flat earth section on Right On You, and uh, because Chris had sent those to me as well, but I believe for the show, he wants to focus on the Rosetta stuff. He has a huge amount of respect for this uh, person. In fact, he calls her one of the top decoders in the world. And I will let Chris take it from there. Chris, welcome back to Right On Radio. And I apologize for such a long intro. No, it's always understandable, Jeff. Uh, you are a very good orator and uh, you explain in detail. So the public, uh, you know, will learn from you as well as from me and from your other guests. But the point is that um, people just, with the material I'm going over now, they have to, number one, they have to focus. It's not technical. It's just detailed. And they need to listen to how she's decoded this. She is highly and spiritually religious. And perhaps one day I may be able to get her on your show, Jeff. But in the meantime, I do respect her work. And it is fascinating. I have other work by her which doesn't focus on this, but it is absolutely uh, fascinating. The man's name is uh, that I'll do is um, uh, Bertrand Compere, and that's C-A-M-P-E-R-E-T. Um, he is has a French name, but he was an American, and he was a he had two doctorates, one in theology, but uh, also he was uh, one in law. He was a uh, magistrate in San Diego, and his work that he wrote. Uh, was, I believe, done uh, in 1926 and 1927. But all of history has been rewritten, and it's so difficult today, especially for the newer generations, to actually find credible material that is legitimate. Anyway, onward on this is that uh, I'm going to read uh, part one and part two, and I will let the audience decide 
if they agree with what I do. Uh, first off, a quick little background is that the Earth was originally a sphere, as all planets are, the way they are formed. I'll go over that in, in another session, but uh, it's that in our case, things happen and uh, planet Nibiru, which is our 10th planet, it's in an elliptical orbit. It was in another solar system. However, when that uh, sun uh, uh, became a, um, a uh, red and black star and exploded, uh, this one in this planet, in the uh, obviously in the outer uh, um, circular orbit, uh, was then catapulted and then was uh, connected and basically, in, you would say, entrapped within Sol 1, S-O-L 1, ours. And it comes through an elliptical orbit every 35 to 3,600 years. And it is becoming visible behind the, the, uh, the sun as we know it today. Anyway, um, my point is that um, we did have, a, we did have a, a round sphere. This is how the creator made all planets. And what had happened is that because this, this planet Nibiru, where the Anunnaki are from, which came and settled Sumeria and also South Africa, came from mining gold. The point is, is that it carried with it several moons. And Nibiru is five times the size of our planet Jupiter. And Jupiter is the largest planet in our immediate solar system. So when it comes through, it causes incredible gravitational uh, misalignment. And what had happened is one of the moons hit the Earth eons ago. I can't even give you an, anything close to being accurate. Uh, but with that, uh, it literally uh, impacted the earth and uh, the, basically like if you take a grapefruit, slice it horizontally in half, and then you take the top half, throw it away, that became the asteroid belt, which has untold billions of particles that circulate between Mars and Jupiter. We are literally a linear hemispherical uh, planet that does have contour. And the last pilot from the Netherlands that went public when I heard her, uh, she stated she flies, she had 25 uh, years as a KLM 747 and uh, above 767 pilot. And these, uh, she states when she's flying at 40 to 42,000 feet for her career, it is absolutely a linear surface and it's absolutely flat. We have contour to our planet, but we are not a, a hemisphere, we are a hemispherical planet, not a uh, sphere, spheroid. Anyway, that's just a little background on it. So on, onward with uh, part one, Flat Earth Decoded by Rosette Delacroix. And her caption is always, the truth is in the code. And that gives a reference to her being the best uh, decipher or as she puts it, decoder. All right. These are her words, all of it. When I want to find the hidden truths about particular topics, I look to the language and symbols, period. Language came to humanity in one complete package. It is too well structured and the meanings too well connected to be otherwise. It wasn't created randomly as humanity stumbled through the ages. As an infant, we must learn a language. Therefore, language was given to us. If we look to the Bible in John uh, 1 colon 1 from Wikipedia, the first verse in the Gospel of John, quote, the King James Version of the verse reading, quote, in the beginning was the word, 
and the word was with God, and the word was God. The phrase the word is a translation from the Greek word logos, L-O-G-O-S. It is widely interpreted as referencing to Jesus, as indicated in other verses later in the same chapter. So the word was given to humanity. And Jeff, your audience will be able to view the sites on uh, right on university and see the pictures that she enclosed. Because I put when I transcribe, I give everything. So you have her images, her photos, uh, her diagrams, and pictures. Okay. So it shows a picture of the Tower of Babel brought by uh, Bruegel, and that's B-R-U-E-G-H-E-L. And then you see a picture of what the European Union, the EU Parliament in Strasbourg is. And it's a, literally a, a, a replica of what they did with the Tower of Babel. And that's was under construction, now it's finished. Notice how similar the European Union building is to the Tower of Babel. This is not a coincidence. And the picture below showing the inverted pentagrams the rule from below the crane is showing that it is still a work in progress and that shows a actual diagram of what uh is known as the tower of babel but with the uh stars above it and then a crane because it's always with the masonic order it's always their greatest work or work in progress which is pure demonic now in the tower of babel moment. We have God protecting his creation. He went from one language to many languages so that the satanic controllers would lose their hold over man. And that is fact. If we had one language, Jeff, uh, Luciferians would have taken over this planet, uh, Lucifer, in, in eons ago. But by having uh, hundreds of languages, that this way it is more difficult for the, the evil forces in this world to control humanity. Okay, onward. So, Genesis chapter 11. That's why God did it. I believe that to be 100% true, Chris. As I said, she's very spiritually religious and she is, she is anti-Zionist, not anti-Semitic. There's a major difference and you can explain it to the audience later. So, through, he, uh, through love, he scattered humanity across the planet, giving them different languages, separating them by culture, race, and creed. We can see how the powers of the TPTB, okay, her acronym, are trying to create a Babel 2.0. That is your, the one in Strasbourg, the new one, uh, that the Tower of Babel that they call the U U EU Parliament. Okay. Mixing all of humanity together under one language again, one race, one religion, one sex, and all to better control us, all to enslave us. Then it shows a picture of uh, an ancient one, uh, which is, uh, here's a picture of Nimrod, the Egyptian leader that orchestrated the Tower of Babel. Notice the sun and the moon at the top, showing that he wanted to keep building until he reached heaven so that he could be like God. Now, Nimrod actually came from Egypt, but we don't have time for that. Uh, th then it shows a picture of the Justice League, where she shows Batman standing over all of the Justice League members of uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, even Robin, and all these uh, former, uh, uh, like, ACDC comic books. Okay, here's a modern depiction of the Tower of Babel. Notice Batman is portraying Nimrod, the satanic leader. Superman is in the forefront representing the Son of God, or Christ, who has fallen. Okay, onward. Then you have a picture in... Uh, the, which is the, the tower in what people are familiar with, what are known as tarot cards, T-A-R-O-T. -T. 
The Tower of Babel is also shown in the tarot cards. You can see the tower hit by a lightning bolt from up high over the heavens, again showing divine intervention, knocking Nimrod from his attempted throne. The brilliance of God doing this one act is of a profound significance. He will sit back the TPTP, Tango Papa, Tango Bravo, agenda by generations to get the same place they did with the Tower of Babel moment would take hundreds of years. This is why it is called their, quote, great work. He has not only encoded or protected man by giving him separate languages, but he encoded the language as well. For the ones who can figure it out, all the truth of the world is right before their eyes. Figure out the code, you will know the word. And that's W-O-R-L-D. Okay, then they have what is known as uh, their great work, which is known as their magnum opus, and that's Latin. Okay, M-A-G-N-U-S and then O-P-U-S, or, quote, their great work. And then it shows a picture of Stephen Jobs. Okay, so... Um, Whose side was Albert Pike, the 33-degree Mason, and Stephen Jobs, co-head of Apple, which is known as the forbidden fruit tempted by Satan, uh, in parentheses, on, question mark. With this being said, the truth about our earth is hidden in the code. Let us take a look. First, let's start with the name of our home, Earth, E-A-R-T-H. Now, if you scramble the letters around, it spells heart, H-E-A-R-T. This is not a coincidence. It is a code telling us the significance of our home. Our home is the heart of our world. Now, where is the heart located in the body? It is in the center. So our earth is in the center. And we, we know this because we know that man is a microcosm to the macrocosm, our world. Stated another way, as above, so below. As without, so within. So we know that the earth is in the center. So the sun cannot possibly be the center. And this is what I'm showing you. We actually have, which goes against everything we've been taught, is a what is known as a geocentric solar system, not universe, versus a heliocentric solar system. And then it shows, notice that the center chakra, and that's spelled C-H-A-K-R-A, is called Anhata, which is A-N-A, H-A-T-H, H-A-T-A, rather, A-N-A-H-A-T-A. It is green. Green is a color for the earth. Now, it, with that, it shows all the way of the, the seven chakras, starting with the, the, the temple and uh, the, the crown head, and then the temple. Anyway, you'll, they'll see the picture. So, now throughout history, our brilliant minds did place the earth in the center. It was called the geocentric system with the sun revolving around the earth. It wasn't until approximately 500 years ago that a Jesuit priest named Nicholas Copernicus, and uh, she puts in parentheses, N-I-C-K, Nick, then hyphen copper, C-O-P-P-E-R hyphen Nick, told us otherwise. Now, what it was is that uh, the the Catholic Church, the Vatican, hired Nicholas uh, Copernicus to create a heliocentric universe. They knew, and every ancient culture that you can possibly think of, knew that we were a geocentric focused uh, solar system. But it was a Catholic church which deliberately altered that and had uh, Nicola uh, uh, Copernicus change that 
And in doing so, after he finished his, quote, great work, he was assassinated. He had mysteriously died because he had completed the, the mission for the Catholic Church, meaning the evil Vatican onward. So um, from the Wikipedia, the astronomical symbol for Venus is the same that is used in biology for the female sex, a circle with a small cross beneath. The Venus symbol also represents femininity and in Western alchemy stood for the metal copper. Polished copper has been used for mirrors from antiquity and the symbol for Venus has sometimes been understood to stand for the mirror of the goddess, meaning the female. And also the surface of Venus is often said to resemble traditional accounts of hell. So Nick Copper Nick, which is uh, Nicholas Copernicus, represents Nick, a nickname or, or of Satan, and Venus, the planet of the negative feminine, a.k.a. Lucifer. Hired by the Vatican to produce a heliocentric model, Copernicus developed that theory of the sun being in the center. But even he was reluctant to publish it because that was not what he wanted. He had a geocentric, but he was being paid by the Vatican to develop against his uh, theology and uh, his understanding and, and his uh, scientific work to do just uh, the opposite. Okay, about 1532, Copernicus had basically completed his work on the manuscript and it's Latin, it's D-E and then uh, Revolutionibus, which is R-E-V-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-I-B-U-S, Orbium, which is O-R-B-I-U-M, and then uh, Celestium, which is C-O-E-L-E-S-T-I-U-M. But despite urging by his closest friends, he resisted openly publishing his views, not wishing, as he confessed, to risk the scorn to which he would expose himself on the account of the novelty and incomprehensibility of his theses. So then it shows a picture of him. And another way we can tell the earth hyphen heart because they're one and the same, is the center is by looking at the Norse mythology. In Norse mythology, there is a tree of life. The tree of life is also reflected in the Kabbalah, and that's their spelling is K-A-B-B-A-L-A-H. The tree consists of nine worlds in the Norse mythology, three worlds each within three realms. The realm directly above Earth is called Asgard, which is A-S-G-A-R-D, parentheses heaven, and the earth itself is called Migard, which is M-I-D-G-A-R-D. These are the only two realms with the base of the word, quote, guard. Guard, G-A-R-D, means garden, as Asgard is the upper garden and Midgard is the middle garden or center earth. And then it shows a picture of what the Norse mythology has. And I highly encourage all of your audience to uh, see the work that you have painstakingly put together for Right On University. It is absolutely incredible. Onward. Okay, then you have what is known as uh, Yerdesil, which is Y-G-G-D-R-A-S-I-L, which is the world tree. And it shows another example, uh, another diagram of by a different author uh, of how the, the uh, Norse uh, mythology of the worlds is with nine realms. Here is another. This one has the ice and fire realms next to the, to earth on the same realm. Earth was made from the GAP. Okay. And that is uh, capitals. And that is the, I'm going to spell it because it's G I N N U 
N-G-A-G-A-P, and she capitalized G-A-P. The place in the middle, like the Bible says, the watchers above, the fires below. From the Wikipedia, this Gunagap appears as the primordial void in the Norse creation account, and this is Scandinavian, G-Y-L-F-A-G-I-N-N-I-N-G. So Glyphanginen states that the, the yawning void, which faced toward the northern quarter, became filled with heaviness and masses of ice and rim, and that's R-I-M-E, and from within, drizzling rains and gusts, meaning air. But the southern part of the yawning void was the lighted by those sparks and glowing masses which flew out of, and this is another of their Norse words, M-U-S-P-E-L-L-H-E-I-M, which would be Muspelim. Okay. In the northern part of the uh, Genungap, uh, the intense cold of, wow, uh, N-I-F-L-H-E-I-M, Niflim, and to the southern part lay the equal intense heat of the one I just said, M-U-S-P-E-L-H-E-I-M, Muspelim. The cosmogony uh, process began with the effluence of the two where they met in the middle. They met in the center. The gap is also encoded in the Greek word for love, which is A-G-A-P, agape. A-G- um, AP hyphen E, she breaks it down as a decoder and goes, the A is for heaven, the uh, Asgard and E for earth. And so A hyphen GAP hyphen E shows that the heart which lies in the center. Now, why would Copernicus want us to think the sun was in the center and not the earth? Because he and the rest of I'm not, I can't remember what the acronym he is, TPTB, Tango Papa, Tango Bravo, didn't want us to know how special the earth is and how special we are, that we are actually in the center of creation. This would prove God. They would rather have us believe that we are a minute speck in a sea of billions of planets, that we are not significant in any way. They want us to follow the scientific path and put man as God. So the heart is where love comes from. The heart is the most powerful chakra and the one that they're trying to control. Cupid is a goddess of love, a god of love, and is also known as Eros, E-R-O-S. Eros is an anagram for the word rose, R-O-S-E. The Rosicrucians, which is R-O-S-I-C-R-U-C-I-A-N-S, uses the red rose in the center of a cross as their symbol. This rose represents love and the heart, and we know that the heart is earth, so their symbol showing earth in the center of the cross of our world. They are hiding the truth in their symbolism. The Rosicrucians are not positive. They're absolutely pure negative. They're just like the Masonic Order. But that's what they've done in all of your religious uh, iconography as well as uh, uh, in uh, Catholic churches throughout the world where you see a stained glass window and it has a, a, uh, a fixed cross with a rose in the center. And she gets into the symbolism of how they've been hiding the truth and covering up for their nefarious reasons. Now, if you don't want to believe the coding that the earth is a center, you can directly observe for yourself. Lay down in a field on a clear night and watch the stars. I have done this. You will see that they are moving around a central point. The central point 
is the North Star, known as Polaris. The North Star is the only immovable star in the uh, heavens. This is the center point of our center world. The Norse people are the people of the North. Throne is almost, and that's T-H-R-O-N-E, is almost a perfect anagram for the word North, N-O-R-T-H. The North Star is the seat of Odin, who looks down upon the world and can see all. And then you see later, the next picture is the, uh, I'll get to it, otherwise known as the all-seeing eye. It is all-seeing because it never closes. The star is always a light. The North Pole is also known as the magnetic north because all compasses are drawn to this location. And it shows an all-seeing eye uh, cut into stone. Anyway, onward. Uh, you have in the HBO series, for those that are familiar, it's called the Game of Thrones. And we have the Game of the North, the one who will rule with the Iron Throne. Game of Thrones is an abbreviated as GOT. And GOT is short for GOTT, which I knew, the Germanic word for God. Notice, too, that they have a giant ice wall. This is the real wall that encircles our entire planet. And it is represented by the, and I'm going to spell it for the public, which is O-U-R-O-B-O-R-O-S, or Boros. Then she shows a picture uh, from the Game of Thrones where it says, notice, too, that in the Game of Thrones that they have giants. They come from the land over the wall. This uh, Could this be the land of Jotunheim, which is J-O-T-U-N-H-E-I-M, as in North mythology? Giants' remains have been discovered all over our world, even in North America. Then she gives two examples. I have probably hundreds of these uh, showing uh, all the way back well into the 1800s. Giants even come up in stories in the Bible, such as David and Goliath and Hercules. And then we have the story of the Nephilim who slept with the daughters of man and created giants. And then it shows the picture of Baalbek. Okay, this is Baalbek. Baalbek uh, equates to Nimrod. And that's Baalbek equates to what is known as Baal, B-A-A-L, double A, which equals Nimrod. Lebanon with average sized people in front of this uh, crafted stone that couldn't possibly be moved with any equipment we have in this day and age. Here is a link to it on the Wikipedia page. Onward. Could the giants have come from the land over the ice wall and visited Midgard? Not only are there physical remains, but many stories in Norse mythology of the interactions between the gods, between the gods and the giants. Excuse me. Now, why might the earth be flat? It is mentioned in the Bible. 1 Chronicles 16, colon 30. He has fixed the earth firm, comma, immovable. Uh, Psalms 93, colon 1, thou hast fixed the earth immovable and firm. In Psalms 96, colon 10, he has fixed the earth firm, comma, immovable. And then in Psalms 104, colon 5, thou did dis, and that's D-I-D-S-T, fix the earth on its foundation so that it can never be shaken. And lastly, in Isaiah 45, colon 18, who made the earth and fashioned it, and himself fixed it fast. And onward, in the creation story from the article by Robert J. Shadewald, and that's S-C-H-A-D-E-W-A-L-D, uh, she, she gives a link there. The Genesis creation story provided the first key 
to the Hebrew cosmology. The order of creation makes no sense from a conventional perspective, but it is perfectly logical from a flat earth viewpoint. The earth was created on the very first day and it was without, quote, without form and void. And that's Genesis 1, colon 2. On the second day, a vault, uh, in quotations, the firmament of the King James Version was created to divide the waters, comma, some being above and some being below the vault. Only on the fourth day were the sun, moon, and stars created, and they were placed in, and she puts in parentheses, not above, the vault. And that's the hemispherical dome. And then she shows a picture of basically, uh, and then we have the Masonic question. It's a Masonic clock, or actually the all-seeing eye. Are you on the level? Being level would imply being flat. Notice that the all-seeing eye of directly above in the center in this image and above. One triangle up and the other, another one connected and pointing down referencing as above, so below. In their symbol, the square represents the level earth and the compass represents the circular shape of it. Notice the Ouroboros, which is I spelled O-U-R-O-B-O-R-O-S, um, on the outer rim, the white rim represents the ice wall. The G is in the center where God resides. The circle at the top of the compass represents the all-seeing eye. Odin's throne also represents as above, comma, whereas the level represents as below. We can see the compass and square representing uh, triangles, and if completed, would make the star of David. The two also represent the man and woman and the meeting of the two in the generative act. Another definition for the letter G being God, generative, geometry, in numerology, the letter G is equal to the number seven. Earth's number is four and heaven's number is three, uh, which is also the Trinity. So when you combine earth and heaven, you have three plus four, you get seven. Seven is the divine number of God. Now, then our next image is, is the Masonic uh, compass and square. The square represents the four corners. One of the corners is sunk. This is where the ancient land of Mu, known as uh, Lemuria, in another context, was once was. Now only Hawaii remains above the seas in that quarter, and also uh, Easter Island. And then it shows a picture of flat Earth uh, as looking from above. Notice how is this is also represented in the United Nations flag. It is sectioned into thirty-two with a 33rd section in the very center. It is, is it a coincidence that the Masons cannot only go to the 33rd degree by invitation? 33 is a melting point of water where the ones in the know reside. Do they also reside in the center? Notice that the image here is encircled with a Roman laurel wreath. This shows that the Roman empire never died. And I've discussed that before. It was just replaced by the Holy Roman Empire, represented by the Vatican and the Jesuits. And then it shows a picture of the uh, United Nations uh, logo, which is a flat earth projection intentionally with a laurel wreath. So she goes on with the United Nations. In ancient Asian cultures, the center of the earth was called Mount Meru, and that's M-E-R-U. 
and that is short for Morovian, which is M-E-R-O-V-I-N-G-I-A-N, Morovian, and was a tall mountain where the, quote, gods resided. Mount Meru was also called Sumeru, which is S-U-M-E-R-U. Sumer, S-U-M-E-R, was the ancient land before Egypt, the land first recorded civilization on Earth, purportedly. Okay, that's my word. Okay, from the Wikipedia on Mount Meru, ancient Buddhists imagined the universe as essentially flat, with Mount Meru at the center of all things. Surrounding this universe was a vast expanse of water, and surrounding the water was a vast expanse of wind. This universe was made of the 31 planets of existence, planes existence, sorry, stacked in layers and three realms are known as Dehatus, which is D-H-A-T-U-S. The three realms were, wow, this is too much for me, A-R-U-P-Y-A-D-H-A-T-U, Arupyathatu, the formless realm. Then the next one is another one, R-U-P-A-D-H-A-T-U, which would be Rupadhatu, and the the realm of form, which is K-A-M-A-D-H-A-T-U, which is Kamadadhatu, okay, the realm of desire. So you have the formless realm, the realm of form, and the realm of desire. Each of these was further divided into middle words that were the homes of many sorts of beings. This cosmos was thought to have been one of a succession of universes coming into and going out of existence throughout infinite time. Our vast world was thought to be a wedge-shaped island continent in a vast sea south of Mount Maru. And this is another interesting word called J-A-M-B-U-D-V-I-P-A, which would be Jambudvipa, in the realm of the Kamadhatu. The earth then was thought to be flat and surrounded by ocean. And then she shows the next picture and it states, now notice how the Buddhist view on of our world is very similar to the Norse view, which is correct. Now, she goes on to show inside the United Nations. Here is the United Nations General Assembly room. It looks like a depiction of our flat earth as well. Do you think, she's referring to the ceiling and the dimensions of the actual room itself. Uh, Do you think uh, they may know something that they are not telling us? The center pillar reminds me of the mountain of the center a.k.a. meaning known as Mount Meru. She goes on with G8, okay? She shows the picture of the flat earth of the uh, United Nations image and then the uh, eight countries around it, which is Great Britain, France, Canada, uh, the United States, um, I I believe that one's uh, Spain, Japan, and uh, Germany. Anyway, in this picture, it shows, isn't it interesting that the G8 summit meets to discuss our world. Is it because they sectioned off eight areas as depicted above to better control us? How about the fact that we are not allowed to fly over the North Pole? That is absolutely correct. You'll be shot down. It is because we would know that the truth of Earth, uh, if we ever did. We are not allowed to fly over the South Pole either. I believe this is because, number one, there is no South Pole, which I absolutely agree with. Uh, The South is actually a ring of ice surrounding the earth on a hemispherical plane with an etheric dome. Item two, they do not want us to discover what is on the other side of the ring. I believe this is because we are under a dome 
and a dome comes up in the code itself. She'll discuss that more later. Then the next picture shows uh, Prince Henry, uh, Prince Harry, um, and his woman on the side. It's that this was not his wife. So here we have UK Prince Harry in the red on the right and his cohort in the blue on, on the left. The earth is sitting. It's a, basically it's a, what is known as like a barber pole with a, a dome on top of it, of a, 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 a mirror type uh, sphere. And she states um, that the earth is sitting atop a barber pole from Wikipedia, the origin of red and white barber pole is associated with the service of bloodletting and was historically a representation of bloody bandages wrapped around a pole, which would be an arm or a leg, okay, from surgeries. So during medieval times, barbers performed surgery on customers as well as tooth extractions. So barbers were not just for shaving, or they had many roles in the past. The, or, the original pole had a brass wash basin at the top representing the vessel in which leeches were kept and the bottom representing the basin that received the blood. That's known as uh, bloodletting. Anyway, the pole itself represented the staff that the patient gripped during the procedure to encourage the blood flow. So the question is, who is doing the bloodletting? Is it humanity being leached off by the satanic cabal running our world? Question mark. Then the next picture shows uh, Prince Harry and an entourage there. And the picture is absolutely priceless. It's supposed to be in Antarctica. Here they are supposed to be in Antarctica, a frozen wasteland where there is not one shred of vegetation. The weather is so extreme that only animal life like penguins and seals, which are both water animals, yet we have Harry and company trudging along they, without gloves, hats, or coats. But doesn't he look stylish? I guess that's what counts. He is absolutely unprepared if that was actually ever in Antarctica. And it's obviously a, a photo op shoot because there's no way you would dress like that in Antarctica due to the extreme cold weather below zero. Onward. Now, here we have Prince Harry doing the one eye sign. And that is basically covering the right eye. Notice he is covering the right eye. This means he is for the left, the left handlers, the satanic cabal. Now, there are people in the Flat Earth FE movement that would like us to believe that the Earth is on an infinite plane. Does this remind you of anything? How about an infinite galaxy with billions of stars? Next paragraph. If we were on an infinite plane, Earth would lose its special significance of being the heart. So no, I don't believe we are on an infinite plane. The same person promoting this is an ex-NASA, that's N-A-S-A, contractor. NASA is a Masonic organization. Once a Mason, always a Mason. And once a NASA member, always a NASA member. And that is absolute fact. Like with our key top 10 stealth agency I've discussed in the past. Then it shows a conglomerate of pictures, a collage. Then we have the opposite side with good info on the flat earth, known as FE, but promoting Hitler was a good guy theme or mem. The other side to the same coin is a... a, a excuse me, Hegelian, which is H-E-G-E-L-I-A-N, dialectic. Pick a team, red or blue, Republican or Democrat, Nazi or Zionist. As long as you pick a team, the TPTP, Tango Papa, Tango Bravo, will be happy to control you. The truth, again, is in the code. Look at the word Nazi, N-A-Z-I. It is an anagram for Zion, Z-I-A-N, 
which translates into Zion, which is Z-I-O-N. Nazi equates to Zion. And then he, she shows a picture of where Hitler took the, the um, swastika, inverted it against the 16 other cultures and religions, which use it in a very positive manner, whereas Hitler did just the opposite to show it's negative. And she shows the flag and says, uh, with, with this, with the Nazi versus Zion, you have one is red, the Nazi flag, and the other blue, which is the uh, flag of Israel, which is, has the uh, blue border, white background, and the Star of David, which is two triangles symmetrically placed over the other. They are on the same team. Another proof of what is known as the Ashkenazis, and that is A-S-H-K-E-N-A-Z-I, Jews, which I've discussed. Ashkenazi has the word N-A-Z-I in it. Therefore, you have Nazi and Jew in the same name. So the truth is that both the Nazis and the Zionists are behind the deception, and both are part of this TPTB program, an order. We know this, too, because we have the word astronaut, which is A-S-T-R-O-N-A-U-T-S, and she puts in parentheses, astro-N-O-T-S, uh, and a parentheses, where Masonic rings and said the eagle has landed. That's a Masonic phrase when they landed on the moon, which they didn't in this particular event. Uh, but also, the Nazis came over in Project Paperclip through the Vatican rat lines, which was Operation Paperclip, and formed the Jet Propulsion Laboratories, which affiliated with NASA. As I've stated before, that we never had an American space program. We have always had a German space program. With Werner von Braun, who was a major, who ran the V-1, V-2 rockets over uh, Great Britain in uh, 19, uh, July, 9, July of 1941 to October of that year. And that the V-1 became the uh, cruise missile and the V-2 became the ICBM, Intercontinental Ballistic Missile. Okay, her next image, it goes, now, um, they're one big happy family, but they would like you to think that it's only one or the other. Now, let's take a look at some more words that carry the truth in plain sight. So she takes the word in plain sight and capitalizes. We have the great plains of of the world, and particularly we use it in the United States. And when you take planes, P-L-I-N-S, it translates into P-L-A-N-E-S from a mathematical standpoint, meaning that it is it is a plane and it is called that because it is flat, F-L-A-T, and that is absolutely correct. Then you have, your next example is aeroplanes, and that's A-I-R, and then she capitalized planes, P-L-A-N-E-S, which fly over the plane, meaning the flat plane. And then she shows uh, uh, with that, this is also encoded in our C's, meaning S-E-A-S-S, S-E-A-S. Sea level, if you, uh, she puts it in capitals, is S-E-E, -E, second word, L-E-V-E-L. -E -E and this is what she's showing that with the Masonic order, there's always a dual meaning to everything. So from the Wikipedia, sea level, is generally used to refer to the mean, meaning average, of sea level MSL. So an average level for the surface of one or more of Earth's ocean from which heights such as elevations can be measured. So you're measuring from a flat plane. Okay, then she shows the next word. She shows the sea, 
and with the sky just level. And she shows even the word horizon, H-O-R-I-Z-O-N. And then she breaks it out. She takes the word horizon and then T-A-L, okay? Horizontal, which it is. The next is she shows, probably in Florida, it shows a, a boardwalk going out into the ocean. I would say that's the Florida Keys. So our earth is flat. Uh, earth is covered over with a dome because it is showing in the code as well. We live in the King Dome, and she spells it K-I-N-G-D-O-M-E. The United Kingdom is ruled over by a monarchy, and she breaks it as small letter M-O-N and then capital A-R-C-H-Y, meaning moon arc, and arc equals a dome. It is in this alternative community, the archons, which is A-R-C-H-O-N-S, are mentioned. Archons has the word arch in it and also has the word arc, means rulers of the arc or dome which is Noah's Ark, in parentheses, A-R-C, is Noah's Dome. The animals in Noah's Ark are the animals of our world. The Zodiac is, a, is the zoo of the Ark. And Noah's Ark is symbolized by the 12 signs of the Zodiac that encircle our sky. And she shows a picture of, of the Zodiac with the animals that we're familiar with. Uh, boar, bat, ox, tiger, rabbit, uh, dragon, snake, horse, sheep, monkey, rooster, dog. Now that's actually the Chinese one because in ours, we do not have either the dragon or the snake and that's intentional. Here's a Chinese zodiac. Notice the animals encircling the flat earth and the yin and the yang, which is at their center, uh, which is on the Korean, South Korean flag uh, in the middle, which I was aware of. The yin yang represents the sun and the moon. Two stars, one for day, one for night. Then she goes on with the next image here is the Western version that coincides with the 12 months of the year. Each symbol is tied into the four seasons and the energy pattern of the sun. Now, the 12 is also depicted by Jesus and his disciples. Correct. Jesus is always in the middle as he is the number seven, which is very important. And he is six on his left of him as well as six on his right. This is why the Satanists like the number 13. They want to replace the one in the center, meaning Christ, and take over the rule, meaning the Tower of Babel 2.0, which has been built. Notice that the last summer image that everyone is familiar with has the apostles in sets of three to depict the seasons and the zodiac. Now, Christ's robe is half red and half blue. The red is on his right side and the blue is on his left. Didn't we see that depicted with Harry and his friend at the barber pole? Also, notice the ark, which is A-R-C, right above Jesus' head. And if you look at the Last Supper image, there is an ark, and that is deliberate. We also have the true site of Eden, E-D-E-N, hidden in the code of Edinburgh, which I've discussed on your show and, and David's uh, Dark Outpost. Uh, so Edinburgh, Scotland is Eden, E-D-E-N, Berg, B-E-R-G, or the mountain. Eden is Odin, O-D-I-N. So Odin's mountain. Eden is also E hyphen D-E-N, which is references Earth Den, which is E-A-R-T-H-D-E-N. Earth is a home of Odin. In the golden age, when civilization first began, Eden was a place of eternal spring. This would coincide with the path of the sun. The sun's path was tighter and toward the center in the beginning and gradually widened over the years. 
The continents were connected in from the central point and gradually broke off and drifted outwards with the path of the sun. So it would make sense that the lands closest to the center was Eden. And here she's showing a picture. In present day, the path of the sun lies between the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn. Along, okay, so the center point does not get the full effects of the sun's ray. This now resides with the lands between the belt of the tropics. Hawaii receives an ideal amount of sun presently and is known as the Paradise Islands. Excuse me. <coughs> Hawaii most likely has the temperate climate equivalent to what is during the Golden Age in Eden. One moment. Now, how similar Eden looks to Hawaii. Both are lush green environments, and it shows a picture of Hawaii. Now, doesn't this make more sense that Eden being in a semi-desert area than in the, in the Middle East, meaning that it's more sense that it's in a tropical zone than supposedly being in, in a desert or semi-desert area? Then she goes on to show what is known as the Stone of Scone. Okay, the royals think that Edinburgh is very special as well. The Stone of Scone, spelled S-C-O-N-E, which is thought to be the pillow that Jacob laid his head on when talking to God, is used for their royal coronations. It was last taken by Edward I in 1296 AD, but stolen back by a group of young rebels in 1950. The royals allowed it to stay in Scotland, but borrowed, and, but borrowed by them for future coronations. From the Wikipedia, the Stone of Scone, which is Scottish Gaelic, uh, is also known as the Stone of Destiny and often referred to in England as the Coronation Stone. It is an oblong block of red sandstone that was used for centuries in the coronation of the monarchs of Scotland and later the monarchs of England and the Kingdom of Great Britain. Historically, the artifact was kept at the now-ruined Scone Abbey in Scone near Perth, Scotland. And that's P-E-R-T-H. It is also known as Jacob's Pillow Stone, and it's also the Tanist, which is T-A-N-I-S-T stone, and in the Scottish Gaelic, it is a size about 26 inches or 660 millimeters by 16.75 inches, which is 425 millimeters, by 10.5 inches, which is 270 millimeters, and its weight is approximately 336 pounds, which is 152 kilos. A rough incision of a cross exists on one surface and an iron ring at each end uh, aids with transportation due to its weight. The stone of scone was last used in 1953, remember this, for the coronation of Elizabeth II of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. So next image shows that notice too that the stone uh, had two iron rings could this be the Iron Throne mentioned in the Game of Thrones? We also have the true nature of our world depicted in film. In the Giver, G-I-V-E-R, we have God sitting with Jonas. Jonas near the, means the son of truth, uh, with what appears to be a dome over them. Underneath them is the eight-pointed star representing the flat earth, sectioned into eight just like the G8 summit of governments. Then you have the next picture, which is the eight-pointed star is also represented in the tarot deck. This star depicts Polaris, the North Star, 
That is the immovable star directly above the center of our world. So, uh, and that's uh, the card in the tarot deck known as the star, S-T-A-R. Another show that seems to have a lot of symbolism in it is The Simpsons, that cartoon series. The name is similar to S-I-M apostrophe S. Sims is a life-simulated video game, manipulated beings, possibly like us. Look how flat their world looks. And then it shows images of, here is an episode of The Simpsons, and that's S-I-M space S-O-N-S, called Under the Dome. They've been giving the answers to life in plain sight throughout our lives, continuously, through media, television, uh, magazines, books, every aspect of mass media. Notice that the Simpsons, that they make it seem like we are on an infinite plane. Not so. And it's very similar to Stephen King's series of the same name, which Stephen King's had a novel written uh, as Under the Dome. Then we continue on and it shows a picture with Bart Simpson walking up to the to the edge where he's like putting his hand on the inside of the dome. And then we can't forget the Truman Show, which breaks down to being two words, T-R-U for true and then space man, M-A-N show. We have Christoph, which is C-H-R-I-S-T-O-F, meaning of Christ or God, monitoring from above with the background very similar to the one we see in The Giver. And we can see how the Truman's world is flat as well. And braving the stormy seas, Truman reaches the edge of the world at the dome. They literally have him run into it. In actuality, he would be roughing the seas until he reached the rim of ice. What is beyond the barrier? And then she goes on to state that uh, this reminds me of the Great Barrier Reef, symbolically connected. She shows a picture of it. Below is the Great Wall of Ice that surrounds her world above the Great Reef uh, that she depicted uh, in Australia. So um, the Great Wall of Ice that surrounds our world, which is correct. It is great. Uh, is the Great Wall of China in some way connected symbolically as this? And she shows a picture of the ice wall that I'm familiar with. And then once I retrieve the articles I have of, uh, of the one by another author, you will see six um, essays I've compiled from his work, which show an entire ice wall around our planet. The Great Wall of China is the next image. And we see now that uh, in that image, how it spans across 1700 miles, which is equivalent from uh, New York City to Denver, Colorado. And then the picture is the next one with the Truman uh, where um, he uh, represents in the movie Christ. We can see that he is representing Christ because he has his arms held out, making the cross. The black door opening behind him represents the black monolith as seen in the Giver below. Okay. And then we have in uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey shows that image about the black cube which is also known as the Kaaba, K-A-A-B-A stone at Mecca. And at Mecca, they are literally worshiping a meteorite, which I've stated before, and that has been carved and fashioned. And at the United Nations building, shows all these images, and um, which is um, also just like a monolith intentionally. And then you also have one even in Antarctica at a NOAA site, which is National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration for the acronym. Okay, so with the Truman 
uh, going through that door, he is effectively breaking the hold of the satanic controllers, freeing our world. He is unfolding the black cube and turning it into the cross. The cross that holds the rose in the center, the rose being the heart, the heart being our earth and the place where man is birthed. And that's B-I-R-T-H-E-D. When you take the word and you break it out, you take a capital letter B and then you have a hyphen and then you have the word earth, E-A-R-T-H-E-D. So as I hope you can see now, the truth about our earth is hidden in plain sight. It is in our language and it is in the symbolism. We just need to open our eyes and look for the code put there for us to find the answers and to empower ourselves. With, lo with love, Rosette Delacrosse. And I mentioned that her name uh, references uh, in French, it is Rose of the Cross. Um, she also included that um, a uh, YouTube video uh, of Flat Earth Decoded, and that's on your site, Jeff. So on to the second essay. We've already used one hour, so I'll be able to cover half of this. And your audience will tell you later whether they want to hear more of this. And I leave that entirely up to your people, Jeff. Onward. Part well, two. I'll, I'll just say this, Chris. Um, you know, I, I stated in my intro statement, uh, you know, what my beliefs are uh, about this. But I will say, because I have sat through many uh, flat earth presentations, this is by far the most fascinating one and i've never heard this point of view and when i uh glanced through the uh the essays both you know because you send them to me in advance i knew this was going to be spectacular there's a there's a lot a lot of great information in here that i actually agree with so um, well I'll say that to my audience okay uh, but uh yeah please continue i don't want to waste your time as i know right. how good, i'll be able to get through uh, this is okay onward so Flat Earth Decoded, North Pole, The Biggest Secret, Proof of Eden, Part 2. This was December 21st, 2016, when she wrote this and when I recovered it. Just a year ago, and she has images all the way through, that's why I highly encourage all of the people, look at what you've done with Right On University, Jeff, because the effort that you have expended in this is easily as much as what I'm doing in mine over, over the past uh, three decades. Just a year ago, I thought, I'm reading from her. I thought the biggest secret being kept for humanity was that the earth was flat. And then she shows a picture of the flat earth uh, from what you would think from the United Nations picture. Six months ago, I learned of the giant trees that once inhabited our world and thought that that was the biggest secret, meaning that which I was aware of that our earth was originally silicon based versus being carbon based that it is today. And that all the tree trunks that you see I'm sorry, all the mesas and plateaus and buttes that you see around the world, and especially in the Western United States, those aren't rock. Those were silicon based and they were actually gigantic trees with two and a half mile, two and a quarter mile girth for roots. And they extended over 10 miles into the sky onward. But she's showing a picture of the giant picture of trees. But then I discovered there is one even greater. And of course, this might be not only the last and each breakthrough complements the last that she discovers. Each breakthrough resonates with the last, and therefore, to me, we are on the right path. So what is the next biggest secret? That the North Pole is a true location of Eden. And she goes onward. Uh, and she shows a picture. So let's prove this. And she states macro. Let's start with the macro and work our way down to the micro. So if you watch my first Flat Earth Decoded vid, then you will notice... I was getting warm, very warm, but it was not quite red hot. 
I mentioned how the North Star, also called Arthur, which is referenced A-R-T-H-U-R, is the one immovable star in our night sky. How all the other stars revolve around it. That is correct. And then she shows a picture of um, what is known as uh, uh, Arthur with his two dogs. And it's uh, that King Arthur. Uh, the, the one above it is, is just uh, an astrological one with the uh, um, uh, drawn uh, images. And then the, below is that King Arthur and his 12 knights at the round table symbolize this. And she's a picture of the knights uh, whereby they're all taking their sword and literally putting them together, pointing to the center of the, of the table. Okay. The round table is a zodiac, which is a, originally a French word, which means zoo de ac, which is zoo of, uh, of the arch. Okay. 12 constellations, 12 knights of the round table. And then she shows a constellation and one that we're familiar with. The round table is exactly that, a round, flat table. It is a flat, round earth, our earth. King Arthur is in the center, represented by Polaris, above and a pole below. The pole being the Black Mountain, also known as Mount Maru. And we'll get to the North Pole, where I have uh, actual maps which show this, from the 1500s, Jeff. Okay. Um, then she shows a picture uh, of... Um, in one of the churches, it goes, then we have Jesus with the 12 disciples. If you look at the picture of the Last Supper, uh, that they have hidden the fact that the table is actually round. See the arch in the, in the center? It is a round table. Again, Arthur and Jesus in the middle with his 12 disciples revolving around him. Notice the two that the 12 disciples are broken into groups of three, representing our four seasons. So this is very critical for the people to understand what has been portrayed over the centuries. So um, she go, continues on. We have the Chinese zodiac doing the same thing. Uh, the animals of the zoo circle the center. And we also have uh, the word time, T-I-M-E, with 12 hours in the day, revolving around the center or pole as well. So the center is the point of magnetism, the magnetic north. The four seasons are represented in as below, as well as four islands, four seasons, four colors of alchemy. You can see on the Hopi flat earth model, the four colors of alchemy being depicted as well, black, white, yellow, and red. And the four islands that make up the land of Eden, and which I will explain in a bit. So we're going forward. Heaven is at the North Star, the true all-seeing eye of God, always lit, always open, where God sits seeing all. So the all-seeing eye is a good symbol from a uh, religious, and in this reference, a Christian standpoint. It is a good symbol, but usurped by the Luciferians as well. And so she shows a picture of the North Star with all the stars in the galaxy with a time lapse spinning around it. And they'll see that when they look at your site. Now, Gerard Mercator, geographer and cartographer, made a trip to the North Pole, which no one can do today, and wrote a letter about it to his friend, Sir John D, who is pure evil. I have an essay on him. He was advisor to Queen Elizabeth. 
and it was absolutely satanic. In the mid-1500s, notice how in the picture, Dee's beard uh, is doing the downward triangle. The downward triangle is the water element. Water is a symbol of Lucifer to them, associated with the moon. He is also uh, in a big letter O, represented in the image, the uh, painting that is done. Uh, o represents omega, again, the energy of the moon. Now, notice that he is looking to his left. That is the sinister past or the left hand. And that has always been represented, and I found it in many going back hundreds of years in paintings uh, throughout our history. In, Mercata, in Mercator's uh, letter, he describes that the land at the North Pole, he says that it is surrounded on all sides except for the north with a very tall mountain that reaches the clouds and are free of vegetation. And it shows the image of one of the maps I have from the 1500s. And um, on the north side, the land is skirted by the ocean. Now the land is divided by four rivers that flow with a very strong current northward. What, uh, when looking at the map, we can see that it resembles a flower, that each island is shaped like a petal, P-E-T-A-L, and the mountain in the middle would be the stigma, S-T-I-G-M-A. And that is correct. And this is, there is a good reason how the creator created our planet. Map of, a, of the Antarctic, uh, of the Arctic Circle, rather, by uh, Geraldus Mercator. And it was first printed in 1595. But the edition that uh, she used was uh, 1623. So she was still able to recover it after the 1600s. The next image is she's showing a hibiscus flower. So the stigma of the hibiscus, and that's H-I-B-I-S-C-U-S, is the obelisk, which is O-B-E-L-I-S-K, and represents the male portion, and the petals would represent the female. So then she goes on and shows a picture of a flower, how you have the stigma, the pistil, the ovary, the style, uh, the, uh, meaning all the parts, the pollen tubes, other filaments, stamen, uh, ovuli, the receptacle, septicle, and uh, the pedicle. Anyway, uh, doesn't it remind you of the bullseye symbol? And she's using the one basically that that uh, the um, uh, store Target uses, okay? Now, isn't it an interesting name? How in the world does it resemble a bullseye? It doesn't, okay? And she goes on to state, but it is a clever way to disguise that it is a Taurus, T-O-R-U-S, in the middle because Taurus, T-A-U-R-U-S, is the bull constellation. Taurus, T-O-R-U-S, is how the energy flows in our enclosed system. The water gets drawn into the center to the magnetic tower, which is the Black Mountain, and drawn into a whirlpool that leads to the center of the Earth. It keeps going and eventually getting drawn back out at the perimeter or ice ring known as Antarctica. And she goes on, Taurus, T-O-R hyphen U-S, would be the bull, the male, and lotus, L-O-T hyphen U-S, would be the flower of the female, okay? Then she shows another picture with a rose. They also use the lily and the rose and in their symbolism to reflect, and is reflected on the tarot cards. The lily would be the tower or mountain, and the rose would be the island surrounding it. And then she shows a picture of the tarot card known as the magician in the tarot deck. Interesting that Johnny Depp named his daughter Lily Rose. 
Was he aware of this connection? Obviously. And as a side note, the number 22 on her friend's shirt, uh, meaning his daughter, Lily Rose, 22 is Christ's number in the tarot deck. It is the fool card and shows that Christ completed journey in the world. The Masonas, Mason, excuse me, usurp the good number as well. Mason equates to 22 in numerology. And then it shows his uh, wife and daughter. Johnny Depp's daughter, Lily Rose, uh, um, Melody Depp. My, the micro version now. We've done the macro. And we can look at the that the heart, which is an anagram for our earth, E-A-R-T-H, has four chambers and looks an awful lot like Eden as well. Salt water flows into the heart of the earth just as blood flows into the heart of our bodies. If a human has experienced a loss of blood and no blood is available for our transfusions, what do hospitals do instead? Salt water, which is as above as below, so below. Notice they even color the heart red and blue, although the right should be red and the left should be blue where it's reversed. The human heart has four chambers. The blood flows through from, basically you have the left atrium, the, the, the left uh, ventricle, the right atrium and the right ventricle. And right atrium to the right, and then you have left atrium to the left ventricle. So from that heart, you say, just like on Jesus's robe, it is also about the positive and negative charge and the magnetic pole at the center. Right for red, which is positive, left for blue, which is negative. And it shows another picture of uh, another image of uh, the Da Vinci's uh, Last Supper with Christ and his disciples. Remember, too, that the Masons worship the east, south and west and consider the north evil because they know the north is the throne of God. Throne is an anagram for north, as mentioned, and is phonetically similar to the word Norse, N-O-R-S-E, which is the people of the North. And who is known as the king of the North? Jesus, of course. Then she goes on with, uh, now we know Santa resides at the North Pole, and Santa is how they usurp Jesus. Santa, of course, is an anagram of Satan. Look how he's even doing the uh, sign of Horus, which is, a, you know, be quiet when you walk through the house so you don't... Uh, uh, upset the children. Anyway, it's an image of Santa. The Christ tree as we know it has been usurped as well, and really uh, symbolically of the what is known as the tree of life, which is a very good symbol. Hyperborea, which means hyper, H-Y-P-E-R, which is the word, the meaning is beyond, and Borea, B-O-R-E-A, which is the north wind. And then we also have the aurora borealis, which means aurora, which is lights, and Borealis, which is northern. So beyond north wind and lights of the north. Okay. Then we have a picture of the Aurora Borealis. Notice Aurora Borealis is very similar to Ouroboros, which I spelled before, O-U-R-O-B-O-R-O-S. And Oro, O-U-R-O, means ring, R-A-N-G. And Boros, B-O-R-O-S, means northern. So you have northern ring. The northern ring would be the mountains that encircle the North Pole. Notice here that is encircling the tree of life or the world tree found in the Garden of Eden and at the North Pole. So then we go with the picture that is shown. And I always thought it was represented uh, the ice wall known as Antarctica, like they show in the Game of Thrones. 
However, now I think this is too a diversion. For the ones who are awake, they will try to get us to focus on the rim of our world when in fact the special place is in the center, just like our heart. Onward, so it shows again, some of the images are duplicated, but she's carrying forth her concept and, and explanations for this ideology. I mentioned in my original Flat Earth Decoded uh, video that Eden in Scotland means Eden home. That is correct. So the home of Eden and Scotland was on the outer border of the North Pole lands. If we look at Edinburgh, we can see how green and lush it is, just like a garden. And then she shows a picture of the landscape in Scotland and very similar to the green mountain environment. And then she shows a picture just as known of the Paradise Isles, known as Hawaii today. They have very similar topography and uh, not exactly the same climate anymore, but they originally did. Now, before the fall of Adam and Eve, living in the Garden of Eden was considered the golden age with perpetual spring. This was due to the path of the sun and the moon being tighter then. Over the years, it has slowly widened to where it is now between the Tropic of Cancer and in the north and the Tropic of Capricorn in the south. When the sun is closest to the Tropic of Cancer, the countries above the equator are in summer and the ones below the equator feel the summer as winter. When the sun is on the path at the Tropic of Capricorn, the opposite is true. Above the equator is considered winter and below would feel like summer. So when the sun first circled uh, the earth plane, it had a much tighter path and must have traveled a path nearer to the Tropic of Cancer through the years to cause it eternal spring uh, in the garden. And then she shows a comparative path to the movements and locations of the sun's path in January and June. So people can understand how the sun affects the different parts of the earth, particularly on a flat earth. Now, Eden, by other names as well, Mount Maru, also known as Mariah, M-A-R-I-A-H, and also known as Mount Olympus, which is O-L-Y-M-P-U-S, for the Greeks, and Sumeru, which is Sumeru, which is S-U-M-E-R-U. Remember that Sumeria is supposed to be the first recorded civilization. So could Sumeru be connected to Sumeria? Obviously, I know that. I would also say absolutely. Then we have Thrace, and that's T-H-R-A-C-E, which is a civilization supposedly 2,000 years older than Sumeria, and that is another name for Eden itself. So Thrace and Eden are the same. Also, Thule noticed that how Hitler was a part of the Thule society and was heavily into the occult knowledge. Doesn't it appear that they are worshiping the center here or taking energy uh, from it for their god? I don't get a good vibe from this picture. And this is showing a Masonic uh, order picture in ancient times, probably the uh, 10 to uh, 1200s of uh, encircling a center uh, pole, but they're all in hooded robes. Um, they still continue that tradition today. Nazis went to Antarctica and set up base to 11 there, also known as, in German, it's New Schwabiland, which is N-E-U-S-C-H-W-A-B-E-N-L-A-N-D. Nearby is an island named Thule, T-H-U-L-E. Now, was this to divert our attention from the real location of Thule being at the North Pole? Notice, too, that Antarctica means opposite of, of the Arctic. 
as is the word ant as in anti, A-N-T, A-N-T-I. So if the Arctic is the seat of Christ, that would make the ant, which is A-N-T hyphen Arctic, the seat of the Antichrist. So the rim would be as far away from God as you could go on the earth plane. And then it shows a picture of uh, the Germans in 1938 to 39, where they were planting flags and taking uh, 200 or 250 or 300,000 square kilometers in the northeastern quadrant of Antarctica, which was Queen Maudland established by Norway. Now, there is a speculation that this Atlantis, the lost civilization, was really Eden as well. The description of Atlantis have rings of land with water between them leading to a central city is very similar to descriptions of the land at the North Pole from Mercator's notes and drawings. So then it shows a picture of Atlantis, which was actually a fourth dimensional city with uh, five rings, uh, three water, and I'm sorry, um, uh, three land, two water. Anyway, the most common location uh, given for the possible location of Atlantis is in the Atlantic Ocean, just north of the coast of Africa. Uh, that's one consideration. Uh, hers. However, if we step back and look at the shape of the continents of the Americas, do they look like they could fit into a puzzle into the continents of Europe and Africa? So that would leave no room for Atlantis to be between them, correct. But if Atlantis was actually at the North Pole, which is correct, that would make perfect sense. I think the landmass has possibly drifted outward, widening the path of the sun. Then she shows a picture of what we know from a regular standard uh, map uh, of the earth. And we have a hidden connection to Atlantis with the Mormons. First, if we look at the word Mormon, M-O-R-M-O-N, we have an anagram for Mr. Moon, M-O-O-N. And Mr. Moon would be Lucifer. Lucifer is represented by the moon as well as Venus. The Mormons are also known as the Church of Latter-day Saints. Lat and saints is a perfect anagram for Atlantis. So you can't make this material up. And then she shows a diagram of uh, another picture um, of Atlantis. So, and we do not, uh, and we're not done. Latter day is phonetically similar to latter day, L-A-D-D-E-R, as in the ladder that goes to heaven, otherwise known as a stairway to heaven. So it appears that they are hiding in plain sight the secrets of our world. And then she shows the next picture, the magic mountain at Disneyland. Remember that M is a three on its side. So MM equals 33. The magic mountain would be the magnetic mountain, the obelisk at the center of the park, Mount Maru or magic mountain. And then it shows a picture of magic mountain in California. And we learned from Mercator's letters that the magic mountain is 33 miles in circumference. Now, the sun and the moon are also 33 miles in circumference. How amazing is that? Do you think that the Masons are hiding information from us? The United Nations used the flat earth map as their symbol and what is the number in the middle? 33, of course. Also notice that the UN, meaning uh, capital U, small n, UN, is the abbreviation of the United Nations, is also an ancient name that I've verified for Lucifer. UN, the UN, is also a prefix that means against or anti in English. So we have against Christ or antichrist. They worship the UN and the antichrist, that they are trying to usurp God's throne. 
and then he shows goes the next image is the flat earth and then the uh then a diagram of how this actually works with the 33. Uh back to uh Walt's world, we also have um Walt Disney was a 33 degree Mason. I'm aware of this. He was in the order of the um uh out of St. Louis out of uh, Kansas City in Missouri. Um and it was uh the uh um the 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 mason that was uh uh sacrificed in 14 uh 14 14 uh 13 14 rather uh i'll come up with it in a moment anyway um back to walt's world the walt disney was a 33 degree mason and disney uh land is home to the 33 club notice the morovian fleur de lis at the top yes miro m-e-r-o is from morovian m-e-r-o-v-i-n-g-i-n as in Mount Meru, which is M-E-R-O or M-E-R-U. So they, she shows the old logo at the Disney Club 33 and then redesign of it. But they're both demonic. And we have now the land surrounding Mount Meru is just like a lush garden. And in Norse mythology, we have Asgard and Midgard, which I've discussed. Asgard is the first name of the home of the gods or heaven and is the garden above. Asgard Asgard in Midgard, uh, you have the name of for Earth and Midgard, or the Middle Garden, the Garden Below, or Eden. So in North Mythology, there are nine realms, but only two, uh, Asgard and Midgard, have garden in their names. I've already discussed this, and she does uh, bring information from prior ones just for reference for people who haven't read the other ones. And in the Garden of Midgard, we have giant trees. They depict these trees in films like Avatar. So here is the main giant tree or the world tree, uh, Yggdrasil, which is Y-G-G-D-R-A-S-I-L. The tree of life is shown being threatened in the movie uh, of uh, Avatar. They show a different version of it in the Game of Thrones. Notice that the tree is in the far north, which is very uh, critically important the way it's structured, both in their ideology, but more importantly for us, for Christians and those who have a positive belief system. Now the ocean that surrounds and flows the garden is called oceans, and that's Oceana, O-C-E-N-A. It flows into the earth where there is a subterranean land. The land is divided into the place of righteousness and the place of wicked. These are places where souls go waiting for judgment, otherwise known as purgatory. The Arcturian Gulf divides them and keeps them separated. That's an ancient, scripture back to eden uh, we can see the man the main river that flows into the center is called iridanus which is e-r-i-d-a-n-u-s this is a river that is lined by amber a-m-b-e-r bearing poplar trees that's important now in the recent series uh, at that time when she wrote this called westworld dolores remarks that they say the greatest beast once roamed this earth as big as mountains, yet all that's left of them is bone and amber. Is that a strange thing to say, bone and amber? Paradise is lined with amber-bearing poplar trees, again, hiding the truth in plain sight. And in this uh, water of Eridanus, E-R-I-D-A-N-U-S, is inhabited by flocks of white swans. Now, notice that swans are also used symbolism to represent the number two, White swans represent Christ, and the black swans, Lucifer, is 222. 
uh, is a master number, 222. Three black swans, 222, were released in a lake for Diana's funeral. Diana was not satanic, okay? Onward. Now, Atlantis might not have been destroyed by the Great Flood. Maybe there is part of the deception as well. If Atlantis really was and is Eden, then it is the first continent. And if the first continent is a sacred continent, a sacred and imperishable land, possibly. The most mysterious of the seven continents and which it didn't share the same fate as the other continents because its destiny is to last from beginning to end, as known as from Alpha to Omega. It was the cradle of the first man and it will be the dwelling of the last divine mortal. It is also the place where New Jerusalem will descend. Jesus meaning truth and Salem meaning peace. So is the true Jerusalem in the desert or is it another diversion just like Atlantis, just like Thule to keep us from looking in the correct location where the real throne of God is, is Jerusalem is at the North Pole. Onward. Now, not only Eden was destroyed by, but by the uh, great flood, but it is divinely protected. Eden is the garden right below the throne of God, where Adam and Eve were cast out. Cherubim, which is C-H-E-R-U-B-L-I-M, were placed to guard Eden and the gateway to heaven. These cherubim are represented by the eagle, the ox, the man, and the lion, the four symbols. And then she shows that picture, which is represented in the tarot cards again as the world card. And then she shows the world card, and then she goes on to go about, uh, and remember how Arthur was represented in the heavens, in the constellation with Arthur as the pole star. We'll, we also have as below for Arthur as well. He made a trip to the north in 1364 AD. Eight people came to the king's court in Norway, saying that they had came from lands of the North Pole. On one, a priest mentioned that King Arthur, there have been many King Arthurs. There's one in 300 to 358 AD. There was the one of... Uh, uh, the most memorable one was 500 to 569 AD. And then we have another King Arthur. It's a very common name for those uh, that were uh, of the Christian faith and that were 100% positive. Okay, onward. Um, one priest mentioned that King Arthur sailed there May 3rd of 531 AD with 12 ships. This is correct. Five of the 12 ships were smashed against the rocks and were shipwrecked, but the other seven made it there. Arthur's peopled the Northlands of Scotland and Iceland, and Arthur's journey is written about in what is known as the Gestalis Arturia, which is G-E-S-T-A-L, second word, A-R-T-H-U-R-I-A. So then you have King Arthur. A few images, a few centuries later, Catherine II of Russia heard about the lands of the North by the Masons. She organized two expeditions, the first one which sailed on May 4th, 1764, to find the elixir of life, elixir being E-L-I-X-I-R, uh, of life, from which he was told the people of Hyperborea lived to be 1,000 years old. I would say this is the hibiscus flower on her dress. When you, the public sees the image, they'll understand. Um, and what did we say about the hibiscus flower, what it represented? Well, Eden, of course. And in this image of this this uh, painting from the 1700s, uh, it, she is pointing to the flower. So she was one of the adepts. She knew about the land in the north. 
Okay, if we look to the Bible, we can recall that Adam, through Noah, lived in uh, expansive lifespans as well. Adam lived to 930 years old. Uh, Methuselah lived 969 years old. And Noah lived 950 years old. In fact, the first 10 generations of Adams lived for almost 1,000 years each. More evidence that Hyperborea could be eaten. Then it goes on to show another image. And it says, let's not forget about Noah's Ark. As, um, and that's showing the, the uh, change from ARK to ARC, as in his Ark, as in the zoo in the sky. Again, the constellations that encircled our Earth, the zoo de Ark, Zodiac. And then it shows the next picture is uh, with the Ark. And King Arthur's uh, son was named Noe, which is N-O-W-I, which is a Welsh version of what else? Noah, N-O-A-H. Onward. So we have, I've opened, I so I hope that I have opened your eyes to the possibility that the North Pole is the most special place above all in our world, that if uh, it is the place of Eden, then the Bible is true. The Atlantis is a real place that it was and is protected and that God is just above it, seated on his throne, the true all-seeing eye watching over his people. Then uh, we really have on a world stage playing out in our, our parts that in the end, everything will be okay. It is divinely controlled. Lucifer is only given a finite amount of time to do as he will in our world due to his fall along with Adam and Eve's. We are at a time of great revealing for those with eyes who can and will see. Uh, stated in Corinthians 3, uh, colon 16, hyphen 17. Do you know not that you are a temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? If any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy and that is what you are. And then she shows the next picture of Christ. The temple is within us. The heart and heart equals the word earth, E-A-R-T-H, as above, as so below. In the name, Jesus, amen. And here is a link to Mercator's letter to John D. I was able to finish it in just under uh, an hour and a uh, minute. So if you want, you can use the last few minutes for anyone in your audience, to, or whether you want to make a comment now, Jeff, or whether uh, you want to open it up for like one or two questions. Over. Well, I won't be able to take questions today because I, I let it run a little bit over. I have a meeting scheduled every Wednesday at 2.30, but I did send a text because I didn't want to interrupt you. I knew we were getting through it. And uh, and listen, this has been great information. Uh, there, there's so much that I could pull out of this. I'm going to listen to it again, uh, to tell you the truth. And and I encourage you, you know, if you can, if you can spare a couple dollars to support uh, the show and the military analyst, uh, go in and look at all these pictures. We do post them. They're too big to post on like Telegram or anything like that. And it would, it, honestly, it would be the huge, huge threads to put up all these pictures and and it would take literally hours to do each single one. So that's why it's there, but it also provides a way to support uh, a, a veteran, you know, who's uh, who's been blackballed by the system because he's become a, a whistleblower and it helps cover the costs on the show as well. Um uh, so there's a couple things I want to say. First of all, in the comment section of the episode, uh, please let us know 
if you want to hear more of this. Uh, I have always had a hard, fast rule against Flat Earth, but I have allowed it this time, and I'm glad I did. Uh, as I say, I think there's a lot of good information, and depending if we continue with uh, Flat Earth uh, or not, uh, through through the military analyst here, um, either at the conclusion of our uh, Flat Earth series, or if it even stops now, I will come on and I will give you my theory and some of the sacred knowledge that I have found and tied together, again, with some of the things that Cisco and Jesse have said, I think it'll make a lot of sense. And I don't think anyone else is really putting it out there. Uh, but the caveat to that is to truly understand it. And I can explain it to the uh, Podbean audience uh, quite well. However, to really fully understand it, you will have to watch some videos and look at some diagrams. Uh, and I think uh, it'll tie in everything. And it's going to prove that uh, the round people, earth round people are right. And the earth flat people, uh, flat earth people are right as well. Uh, if my theory is correct, at least it's something worth considering. Uh, the other thing worth considering, listen, if you, if you, you know, these people have been pulling the wool over our eyes have been hiding truth. And whether you agree with this show or not, I'm sure with some of the intelligence that Chris has been bringing, uh, you're finding out a lot of truths that have been hidden, and they've been hidden by the same people, <coughs> excuse me, who own all the companies in the world, I, and I mean all, all the major companies in the world. And so stop giving them money. At least you can take a portion of it. The prices are the same. Shop with us at mylibertystand.com. Just fill out your name. It's not a mailing list. One of our fellow listeners will contact you. It takes about 15 minutes, and uh, it's more like a concierge service. So I'd really appreciate you if you uh, would go to mylibertystand.com. Right now, it is only for North America. That's going to change soon. It's just taking a little bit longer than I think. And thank you, Sloopsy, for the beer. I wish it was Friday. <laughs> I know it just doesn't have to be Friday, but for me, it's a Friday. I like to have a beer. Uh, but Chris, this has been absolutely fascinating. Uh, thank you so much for all the work you do. And uh, and thank you uh, to the listening audience for, you know, not only just showing up on the show, but for also supporting uh, the military analyst and the, and the information that he is putting out. Um, now, because I am a smart ass and, and <laughs> that's self-admitted, I'm just going to say one or two little things about Flat Earth, uh, just to, to, for thoughts to ponder. When you were a kid, had you ever looked in a telescope? Everything in the sky seems to be round. Okay, that's just one thing I'm going to say. The other thing is, if you look at the phases of the moon, how come when you see a shadow on the moon, it's round? Huh. I'll just leave it there, be, and that's only because I am a smartass. But, hey, again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Chris, for everything you do. Uh, God bless each and every one of you. Remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your Over community. Now.